This exhortation was brought to you by the Light Bearers, bringing light until there's no more darkness. The book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 9, verse 11. Ecclesiastes, chapter 9, verse 11. Now it says we should obtain mercy. Obtain mercy. Find grace to help. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. It is God's will that we obtain mercy. In times of need, it is his will that we obtain mercy. Now, Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 11. Now, I want to show you how the mercies of God work. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 11. The Bible says, now, this was, this was Solomon. Solomon was speaking. He says, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to the men of understanding, nor yet favor to the men of skill. But it says, but time and chance happeneth to them all. What is he saying here? Solomon is saying here that oh, I saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift. In other words, the one that is swift is not the one that always wins the race. He says the battle is not to the strong. An example is the battle between David and Goliath. Goliath was obviously stronger than David physically. But he says that Solomon says one of the things I've seen under the sun is that the race is not to the swift. Is that the battle is not to the strong. Neither yet bread to the wise. Nor yet riches to men of understanding. Nor yet favor to men of skill. But it says time and chance happens to them all. What is he saying? He said, I return and saw under the sun that men did not get things they were necessarily qualified for. In other words, men got things not because they were qualified for it, but because time and chance happened to them. So Solomon is saying, under this sun that's on planet Earth, he's saying that I've seen something that is strange, that people do not get things they deserve. That in other words, people get things simply because time and chance happens to them. Now, this was the level of revelation that Solomon had about this issue. He said time and chance. Time and chance means happenings, like events and occurrence happens to them all. In other words, he's saying that opportunity and event happens to them. Opportunity and event. That's why he says time and chance happens to them. So he's saying that people did not necessarily achieve things they wanted to achieve, but that time and chance happened to them. Now, Paul explains this further. And Paul lets us know that this time and chance is subject to the mercies of God. Now, Romans chapter 9. Romans chapter 9. Romans chapter 9. Romans chapter 9. Romans chapter 9, verse 16. Now, he said there, Solomon said in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 11, he says that time and chance happen to them all. He said, I have seen something under the storm, that the race is not to be swift, neither the battle to the strong, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet skill, nor yet favor to the skill. He says, but that time and chance happens to them all. In other words, Time and chance, opportunity and events happens to people. You know, now people cannot say, this is what I did to achieve this. He says, time and chance. Now, Paul takes it further. And Paul lets us know that this time and chance is subject to the mercies of God. Now, look at what he says in Romans chapter 9, verse 16. Paul says, so then, it is not of him that will. It's not of him that will it. Not of him that run it. But of God that showeth mercy. Now, Solomon said in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 11, he said, I've seen something strange under the sun, that the race is not to the swift. So it's not how fast you can run that determines your, uh, that, that makes you win a race. He says, 
the battle is not to the strong. He says, riches does not go to men of understanding. He says, favor does not go to men of skill. He says, time and chance happens to them. Now, Paul takes it further. Paul now says, it is not of him that will it. In other words, it's not of him that proposes something in his heart. It's not of him that wills to do something or wills to achieve something. He says, it's not of him that run it. In other words, it's the same thing, that the race is not to the swift. Paul says, it's not of him that run it. He says, but it's of God that showeth mercy. In other words, time and chance is subject to the mercies of God. So in other words, if time and chance will favor a man, it will mean that God has shown his mercy to that man. The mercies of God is real to that man. And so for us in Christ, Paul says it's not of him that wills, it's not of him that rules, but it's of God that shows mercy. So if I partake of God's mercies, he's saying that no matter what, I will be favored. No matter what, I will win the race. No matter what, I will enjoy the riches of God. Because time and chance is subject to the mercies of God. So he says it's not of him that wills. It's not of him that runs, but it's of God that shows mercy. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. So the Bible says that time and chance happens to them all. Now, that was the level of revelation Solomon had. Paul takes it further. He says it's not of him that wills. It's not of him that runs, but of God that shows mercy. So time and chance is subject to the mercies of God. So because I partake of God's mercy, because I obtain mercy from the throne of grace, therefore time and chance is bound to favor me. I'm not just subject to time and chance. No, time and chance is subject to the mercies of God. And because I'm a partaker of God's mercy, see i control time and chance to favor me now first corinthians chapter one from verse 26 to 29 this is the same thing paul was telling the church in corinth notice solomon said i didn't see favor go to men of skill i didn't see riches go to men of understanding i didn't see the strong winning battles he says but time and chance time and chance i didn't see those that were swift winning races no he says the race is not to be swift Neither yet the battle to the strong. Now Paul now says, it's not of him that wills, it's not of him that runs, but of God that shows mercy. Now look at what Paul tells the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. He says, for ye see your calling, brethren. Now he's talking about our calling in Christ. He says, for ye see your calling, brethren, are that not many wise men after the flesh. Can you see? He says, you see your calling. Our calling in Christ is not about the wisdom of man. Because it says that you see your calling, brother, out that not many wise men after the flesh. In other words, when God called us to himself, he didn't call us because of the wisdom of the flesh. No, he says when he called us, it was not about the wisdom of the flesh. That amongst us that were called, you will see amongst us that not many wise after the flesh. He says not many mighty, not many noble are called. This is the same thing Solomon was saying. That it's not about rich, it's not about wisdom, it's not about the understanding of man or the wisdom of man, it's not about the strength of man, it's not about how swift a man can be. This is the same thing Paul talked about. That it's not of him that wins or runs, but of God that shows mercy. So Paul now tells the church in calling, he says, You see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. He goes further in verse 27. He says, But God has chosen the foolishness of the world to confound the wise. He says, and God has chosen the weakness of this world to confound the things which are mighty. Verse 28, and base things of the world, and the things which are despised, are God chosen. He said, yea, and the things which are not, to bring to naught the things that are. He says in verse 29, that no flesh should glory in its presence. What is Paul saying? Oh, Paul is describing God's mercy here. 
Paul is letting them know that our calling is a call of mercy. That it is the mercies of God that made us to be called of God. That we are not called because we are wise after the flesh. We are not called because we are noble men. No. He says, you see your calling, brethren. Ah, that not many wise men after the flesh. Not many mighty. Not many noble are called. He says, God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. He has chosen the things that are despised, the weak things, to confound the mighty. He says, the best things of this world and the things which are despised has God chosen. And he goes for that. He says that God uses the things that are not. In other words, the things that are not relevant. God uses them to bring to naught the things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence you know at this juncture i just want us to begin to declare in the name of jesus that we bask in the mercies of god do you know what it means to bask in something it means that we should partake of it richly we should sit down inside of it and enjoy it i just want us to begin to declare in the name of jesus that we bask in the mercies of god every single day of our lives in everything that we do we bask in god's mercies glory to god glory to god hallelujah now i want you to know that this mercies of god that we enjoy is an everlasting covenant that god has made with us in other words i was telling you that god's mercies are inexhaustible now, the Bible also lets us know that it's a covenant that God has made with us. The same way he made a covenant of peace with us. In that same manner, God has made an everlasting covenant of mercy with us. Now, Isaiah chapter 55 verse 3. Isaiah chapter 55, the book of prophet Isaiah chapter 55 verse 3. Now, God has made a covenant of mercy with us. And that's why it is my right to obtain mercy. I don't ask for it. I don't plead for God's mercy. Not because I'm arrogant. No, but because... Asking for mercy doesn't mean you receive mercy. There's a way to receive it. The Bible says, come boldly to the throne of grace in a place of fellowship. As you fellowship with God, you find yourself in a time of need. He says, come boldly. Just come boldly unto the throne of grace. You find yourself in that situation. You begin to speak in other tongues. You begin to worship God. As you are worshiping God, as you are fellowshiping with God, you have come to the throne of grace. Obtain mercy. Find grace to help in that particular situation. Now, Isaiah chapter 55 verse 3, God has made an everlasting covenant with us. Now, the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 55 verse 3, it says, Incline your ear and come unto me. Hear and your soul shall live. It says, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you. Even the sure mercies of David. Oh, glory. Now, he lets us know here that he has made an everlasting covenant. You know what everlasting means. From everlasting to everlasting. His covenant is sure. He calls it sure mercies of David. So I have a right to the mercies of God because he has made an everlasting covenant with me. He calls that covenant the sure mercies of David. Now, the question is this. Why does he call it the sure mercies of David? Why David? There is no man that was born before Christ that enjoyed God's mercies like David. And I will show you. There is no man on earth that enjoyed God's mercies like David. Before Christ, there was none. So, when God began to prophesy through Isaiah, and he wanted to describe his mercy towards us, he called it an everlasting covenant, and he named it, Sure Mercies of David. Yeah, sure. In other words, 
It doesn't matter what the situation is. It doesn't matter who caused it and what caused it. You see, because that's the problem. Many times we have regrets in life. We begin to think, oh, if I had known, I shouldn't have married so, 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 and so. If I had known, I shouldn't have dated that guy. If I had known, I shouldn't have gone to that school. If I had known, I shouldn't have relocated. If I had known, if I had, if I had, God says, obtain mercy. It doesn't matter. It's caused it sure mercies of, see, it doesn't matter. I don't care what it is. You wake up in the morning, his mercies are new. It doesn't matter. It says everlasting covenant. And he calls it the sure mercies of David. Now, why David? Why David? Now, look at this. Um, Second Chronicles chapter 6. Second Chronicles chapter 6. Second Chronicles, or let's go to First Kings. Sorry. Let's go to First Kings. First Kings. First Kings chapter 3. First Kings chapter 3, verse 6. The book of First Kings, chapter 3, verse 6. Now, I told you that there is no man on earth that enjoyed God's mercies like David. Now, the Bible calls it the sure mercy of David. Look at what Solomon said about David in First Kings chapter 3, verse 6. Now, Solomon was the son of David. He became king after David. Now, Solomon was praying to God. Look at what he said about his father David. And Solomon said, Thou hast shown unto thy servant David, my father, great mercy according as he walked before you in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with you. And thou hast kept for him this great kindness that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. Now, where I'm going to is where Solomon said, thou hast shown unto thy servant David great mercy. Now, let's go to Matthew chapter 12. Even Jesus had to talk about David when he was saying some things about the mercies of God to the Pharisees. He had to talk about David because there is no man that enjoyed God's mercies in the old covenant like David knew God's mercies. Now, Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. We're going to start from verse 2. From verse 2. He says, but when the Pharisees saw it. Now, Matthew chapter 12 from verse 2. We're going to read down to verse 8. Matthew chapter 12 verse 2. Now, Jesus was talking to the Pharisees because they saw that Jesus and the disciples were plucking corn on the Sabbath day. And they said on the Sabbath day they ought not to walk according to the law. Now, Jesus had to start explaining certain things to them about God's mercy. Look at what he says. Matthew chapter 12, verse 2 to verse 8. It says, but when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, your disciples do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath day. Verse 3 of Matthew chapter 12. But he said unto them, Have you not read what David did when he was an unguard? In other words, when David was hungry, and they that were with him, how he entered into the house of God and did eat the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them which were with him, but only for the priests. In other words, they were accusing Jesus and the disciples of plucking corn on the Sabbath day, that it was not lawful. Jesus now told them in verse 3, have you not heard, have you not read what David did when he was hungry and them that were with him, how they entered into the house of God and they, he ate the showbread that was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them that were with him, but only the priests were supposed to eat the showbread. So David was hungry. As a king, and there were people with him, they were hungry. And David entered into the temple, ate the showbread that was not meant to be eaten by any other person but the priest. So Jesus is justifying what he and the disciples did by reminding them of what David did. Now, verse 5, he says, Oh, have you not read in the law how that on the Sabbath days the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? But I say unto you that in this place is one greater than the temple. Verse 7, it says, But if ye had known what this minute, I will have mercy and not sacrifice, ye would not have condemned the Greek place. In other words, Jesus was telling the Pharisees that if you had known the mercies of God, because David as a king, he enjoyed God's mercy. 
Can we talk about when he slept with Uriah's wife? Or what else are we going to talk about? Multiple times, David partook of God's mercy. So the Bible describes it as the sure mercies of David. Now, Jesus is not telling the Pharisees that we can eat on the Sabbath day. We can pluck on the Sabbath day. Because even David, even David that was before Christ, he went to the temple. He had showbread, nothing happened. The priests, they profaned the Sabbath day. They were blameless. He says, how much more? When you have someone that is greater than the temple. He asked God for that. He says, in verse 7 of Matthew chapter 12, but if ye had known what this means, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. Ye would not have condemned the busiest, for the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. So in other words, Jesus was telling them in verse 7 that if you have known the mercies of God, if you have known the mercy, so the Bible describes this as the sure mercies of David. Now, let me, let me, let me blow your mind. Do you know that every time people ask for mercy from Jesus while he was walking on the face of the earth, they refer to Jesus as the son of David. Every time people wanted God's mercy from Jesus, they refer to him as the son of David. Now, I just want to show you this before we pray. Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, verse 27 and 28. Now, Jesus was trying to explain to them what his mercies meant. And he reminded them of David. The Bible calls it an everlasting covenant, even the sure mercies of David. Now, look at this. Matthew chapter 9, verse 27 and 28. Now, Every time people wanted mercy from Jesus, they called Jesus, Jesus, son of David. Now, Jesus is a descendant of David, probably about 14 generations from David. But when people wanted to ask for or demand for mercy from Jesus, they refer to him as the son of David multiple times in the scripture. But I'm going to show you one. Now, Matthew chapter 9, verse 27 and 28. The Bible says, and when Jesus departed days, two blind men followed him crying and saying, thou son of David, have mercy on us. Imagine, the Bible says when Jesus was walking on the earth, two blind men followed him crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. Now, if you go to other portions in the New Testament, which I will not open to now, you see places where a person was blind and he wanted to demand for mercy from him. And he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy. Because they refer to him as the son of David because it was common knowledge that there was no person that enjoyed the mercies of God like David. You know, so at this juncture, I just want us to begin to declare in the name of Jesus that we partake of the sure mercies of David. We take advantage of it. The Bible calls it an everlasting covenant that God has made with us. Even the sure mercies of David. Can we just begin to declare in the name of Jesus?